Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Stylist Podcast, where independent beauty entrepreneurs can get all the mindset, messaging, and methods they need to be unstoppable in beauty, business, and life. Thank you for joining us on the Unstoppable Stylist Podcast today. My name is Sharon Huckle, and my guest today is Jody Brown. She is a coach and mentor, a branding and marketing expert, and lover of social media and helping hairstylists figure that crazy world out. So, Please introduce yourself, Jody, and tell us what you are all about. Hi, Sharon. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm a branding and marketing educator for beauty industry entrepreneurs and educators. And I just am on a mission to simplify and take the overwhelm and anxiety out of marketing. And that includes social media. Social media is a big one, but if we're going to talk about the fact that social media is not the only thing. Yeah. And both of us started our careers before social media even existed. So we know yeah. the importance of building a foundation yeah. that is not just on social media, because I want to talk about the fact that, you know, things you own, things you rent, things you yes. um, yeah, <laughs> and have control over. And we don't always have control over social media, but social media is a big part of our businesses and we want more hairstylists to embrace it and to love it and have it not be drudgery because <laughs> I know it can mm -hmm. be super overwhelming so why branding and social media what was the big draw for you to educate on that in particular I'll give you the backstory so basically I worked when I went back from maternity leave with my son I was starting over at a brand new salon in an area that was literally still a construction zone in a city I hadn't lived in for like five years so I had zero clientele. On top of that, my husband worked out of town and I was bound by daycare hours. So that meant, you know, no evenings, no weekends, had to rush out of there to get my baby at the time, which really threw me because as someone who entered the industry like 18 years ago, that was how we were taught that we had to build our businesses and build clientele. Like it was just being available when you're clients were available and just being there all the time, waiting for walk-ins, all that kind of stuff. That wasn't an option for me after going back after maternity leave, just because of the particular situation I was in. And one thing that really called to me was I decided that when I went back to work, because I was going to be away from my son, I was going to use that. And I was going to take this serious. I was going to build a clientele on my own terms. And I was going to really learn everything there was to know about marketing myself. Cause I was not getting clients from the salon that I was at. There was no walk-in traffic. And so all of those previous sources, I'd always worked at like high-end salons that just fed you clients on demand. All of those previous things were no longer available to me. So I started out just like researching and listening to podcasts before podcasts were a huge thing and, you know, just really investing myself in learning everything I could about using Inst Instagram was my platform of choice because it was free. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's really where I started and through trial and error and a lot of education, in that first like 12 months of being back from mat leave, I was able to build up not only a full clientele, but a full clientele of like the perfect people. And it was like, it was then that I realized like, this is 
completely unlike my first couple rounds building clientele in the industry. And I ended up going independent as a stylist and just kind of became that go-to person for my friends in the industry. You know, like they saw what I'd been able to do and it really just started kind of organically with people just being like, oh, like, what should I do here? What should I do here? And then fast forward a long time, <laughs> fast forward a few years, and I went to a class in Edmonton, which is the city closest to where I live. And it was about business and balayage. It was Don Bradley's class. And during like the Q&A period, there was a question about like, how do I use Instagram? And Dawn's like, you know, she's kind of like, well, I don't really teach that. Like, that's not really my jam. But as she was saying that the entire room of stylists, I swear, almost every single person was like, I'm so overwhelmed with Instagram. Like, I hate having to market myself. It's so unfair that this is expected of us now. And just like, these were all very talented, very successful, established, experienced hairstylists. And it was in that moment that I, it kind of hit me like, oh, not everyone knows this stuff. I can <laughs> help these people. Exactly. Yeah. And that class happened to be in, you know, the end of February in 2020. So three weeks later, when we, our entire, um, you know, country basically was shut down. I handed in my notice at the salon that I was renting a space at. And I went all in because I just realized in that moment, the thing that I had thought about doing for so long and felt, you know, immense imposter syndrome around because I thought there's so <laughs> many people that already teach this. There's so many people that, you know, are talking about Instagram and it wasn't even so many people, but you know, big names in our industry were teaching it, but I was like, okay, big names are teaching it, but all of these 10 women are still really stressed out about it. So clearly there's still space. Right. And that's really where I got started. I just dove all in and started my marketing company. Um, so doing done for you services and my education at the same time. So that was super interesting to know that you've been in the industry for a long time, but as you continue to grow and learn, you realized there was another spot where there was a huge need. And I think that's a natural progression for a lot of people after they've been in the industry for a while that they, um, they, they feel like there's a new calling for them. There's a new reason yeah. to serve. And I believe that's like a good thing when we're talking about branding and marketing, that we do have an evolution in our business. There are some core values and some fundamentals that probably remain the same throughout, but then the rest is evolving. And I think that's part of the fun of it. We're going to talk a little bit about if someone is starting out brand new, what you would recommend for their branding foundation, because it may not be what they think it is. The way that I teach branding, it kind of breaks down into three facets, if you will. So the first is your brand values. The second is your brand voice. And the third is your brand visuals. Branding to me is basically the foundation of marketing. And I do really truly believe it's the first step when it comes to setting yourself apart, especially now. When I started, things were a little bit different, but the market is more sophisticated now, right? Like there, it's just, that's the way it is. That's how these things happen. And so by getting clear on your values, that's what kind of gives you, that's kind of your differentiator, right? So what is 
the experience that you are creating, what do you value as a service provider and as a business owner? And even if you're a commission stylist, I'm going to call you a business owner throughout this because I think if you're responsible for building your own clientele and marketing yourself, you are taking on that responsibility, right? So, you know, if you get clear on that first, your values, that allows you to attract aligned people, the people that will value what it is that you have to offer. And the example I always use is, for instance, say your salon is really focused on being environmentally sustainable, right? Your values, that's going to be one of your values. So it's not just about saying, hi, I'm Jody, and I care about environmental sustainability. No, it's about showing how you embody that, how that's a part of your business. Because then if you have a client out there looking for a hairstylist, and one of their core values is they want to support businesses that focus on being sustainable, then that's going to allow them something to connect with you on. And 71% of consumers, according to a 2020 Consumer Trends Research Report, are actively looking to support companies with whom they share values. And, you know, I foresee that growing. And then your voice, that's your personality. At the end of the day, they're going to meet you, right? That's the goal. So giving them that, you, you don't want to have that like jarring moment where they come into the salon and they feel like, oh, this is not what I was expecting. That's going to kill all that trust yeah. <laughs> that you have created. And we don't want to do that. So your voice is really just about being true to yourself, showing up, you know, just because ex stylist who is funny and sarcastic looks like she's very successful doesn't it doesn't correlate to I have to be sarcastic in order to be successful because that's what people want no 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 there's going to be the right people for you so it's just being authentic right and then the last piece which is the part that everyone wants to start with <laughs> is the visuals and that's just basically visual consistency in your marketing across your you know social media your website your salon, if possible, like those kinds of things, just again, give that feeling of trust and establish you as a brand in the eyes of your dream clients. Yeah. And people so. want to overcomplicate brand. We talk about this a yeah. lot and we've, we've both been guilty of it. I know, <laughs> but mm -hmm. I mean, when, it, when you explain it in those three simple terms, it makes it easier for people to chunk it down. And I, I urge people to sort of take those moments and separate them. Right. So yeah. the the values, right? And even what value you can offer to people, yeah. right? I always sort of think about that with values. And, you know, they don't have to be um, complicated. <laughs> you yeah. just have to really think about it in the simplest terms, right? If yeah. I think really, we just need to simplify so much. So simple yeah. terms of what your values are, what your voice is, who you are as a person, as a human being in this world, what your place is in this world as a beauty stylist, but also the other parts of your personality and not to overshare in there, but there's I always say we are, when you think about your secret sauce, there's lots of different ingredients that go into that. Yeah. And your clients want to see that because they're not one dimensional yeah. either. And, and then of course your visuals, this is where everybody gets into Pinterest boards and mood boards yeah. and, you know, color palettes and, and everything else. <laughs> it is fun. And I think if people yeah. really think about this, like figuring out what your values are, that is a fun activity. Like yeah. 
this is this is only for you. It's not for anybody else about what you what you think is important. But Absolutely. of course, other people will be attracted to that. And then your yeah. your voice, your vibe, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. This is a fun thing too. Right? Absolutely. You know? Hopefully, your personality is fun. You're not an Eeyore, but if that is, you're, I'm sure there's <laughs> other Eeyores out there that want to come to you. <laughs> well, absolutely. And if you're someone who is like very calming and like professional and like, you know, like, and I'm saying like professional with a capital P because like a lot of people in our industry, that's not our personalities, but there are some people who that's what they want to, that's what they want to do. That's who they want to be at work. And you know, that's who they are with their clients. And if that's what you're like in the salon behind the chair, that is what you should bring to your marketing. Because again, you want that consistency. You want people to know what to expect. And there's people for everyone. There's someone out there who will value what you have to offer. When you're saying like, it's not about oversharing, that's a question I get all the time. I, if you look at my Instagram and like, you know, I'm very much like authentic. I'm very much myself on social media. Like what you see is what you get. I am not a massive oversharer. Like I don't talk about my personal life a whole lot. Sometimes if there's something I think will be, you know, helpful or something that connects with my audience, but that's not naturally comfortable to me. And I have still managed to, you know, really show up as my own personal brand and my clients know what to expect. Right. So you don't have to bear your soul on the internet. Cause I think that's a big stopping point for a lot of stylists that I talk to. It's just about like, who are you on the first appointment with a new client? Right? Like, that is, you talk about things that are not just hair all the time. And if it is just hair, you're going to talk about it from a lot of different angles. So think about that. Think about who you show up as in your business. And, you know, that can be your base comfort level and kind of go from there if it feels awkward at first to share. Yeah. And again, it's not all about you because actually it's really all about your clients and who you want to yes. attract and who you want to serve. And I feel like that is something, again, that when you talk about those foundational pieces, figuring out who your ideal client is. And we often picture one person talking to one person, but of course you're not just trying to get one client. <laughs> you're trying to get many. There's lots of people, but um, talk a little bit more about like your ideal customer avatar. I know that is something that we often have to think about when, we, when it comes to branding. Yeah. Um, and how people do that. How do you think about that one person that you want to serve all day? Yeah. Okay. I love this because you're totally right. It's not about just one person, but what happens when you, when you picture or, you know, get clear on who you're talking to is different parts of what you say are going to resonate with different versions of that ideal client. Right. So maybe one thing isn't like your dream client, but they share something else in common with them. So you're going to, you're going to, by getting specific, resonate on a deeper level with the people who are for you. And I think this ideal client is a big block because, again, going back to this overcomplicating piece, I think that there are, you know, some overcomplications when it comes to getting your ideal client um, really clear in your mind. So thinking about, again, what do they value? That's one of the questions that I ask when I get my students to define ideal client. What do they value? What is it that, you know, if they're telling their friends about their appointment with you and how it was so amazing, what are they talking about? What are the things that set you apart from all these other choices they could have made, right? What is their, you know, availability during when you want to be there? What are the things that they are passionate about and care about? 
those are the kind of things that you want to think about so that your brand will resonate with the right people, the people that you want to attract. So let's, let's just do a little pretend exercise for when you were first starting your clientele again, after your maternity leave, your ideal client would be someone a, who could fit into those hours. Monday yeah. to Friday or whatever, how many days a week you're working uh, between uh-huh. the hours of nine to five or whatever. Uh-huh. They didn't care about coming in on Saturdays or after work. They had some flexibility yeah. in their schedule. They were probably a mom like you, right? They were. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They uh, probably a lot like you in a lot of ways. They liked longer hair. They liked, mm-hmm. you know, blonding services. They wanted low maintenance colors though, because they were busy, you know, like all <laughs> of these it. things. Yeah. Like when and I could just do that, just knowing who you are, because like, I mean, I tend to attract the same, same people that I am too, but not, not exactly either. I always say, I just like low maintenance people who want to pay high prices. <laughs> so it's not even that, but like, I have gone through this very succinctly in all of my different businesses. And I have done this with like, we've had an ice cream company. We've had catering. We've had, I have a boutique motel. I have the salon. I've had a spa. Like I've done this exercise throughout all of those businesses. And it's been powerful for each and every one. And every once in a while I revisit because things change. Like even within my salon, I do boudoir clients. So that's, that's one thing. I work specifically with a a local boudoir photographer. I have, I've got a wedding venue right next door to me. So of course brides is a big thing. And obviously my husband and I had a catering company for 25 years. So weddings was a big thing, you know, so that sort of thing. And then I've got my regular clients who've been coming to me for almost 20 years. And so I've grown up with some of these people. People. I've been through with all their kids and, you know, now grandkids and stuff like that. And it, that's amazing to me. They're all different people wanting all different things for me, but I still feel like I have a brand and I have an ideal client. So it's not necessarily that oh, I, ha- I only want clients with extensions, right? right? Or I only want moms or what, you know, whatever. I don't pigeonhole myself, but I'm still very clear on the values that these yeah. people have and the value that they see in my services. Exactly. And there's no wrong way to build an aligned clientele because all of us are going to be different, right? And there's a lot of wrong ways to build a clientele that we don't need to get in here. But mm-hmm. what I mean is that there's no like one clientele that's going to be perfect for everyone, right? So I think that this whole conversation about like niching, niching is can be very effective and that can work extremely well to build businesses super, super quickly. But it's certainly not the only way because there's also a lot of people who value diversity. They want to do different things. They want to create all sorts of different hair in their day. And there are clients who truly value that as well. So it's like that saying, there's a lid for every pot, you know, yeah. and that's yeah true in relationships and it's true when it comes to building a clientele there is a stylist for every person and you know some people value really slow relaxing like spa-like environments some people value being able to get their root touch-up done on their lunch hour so you really can't pigeonhole into one thing and think I see a lot of extensions on Instagram so maybe I in order to be successful I have to do hand-tied extensions and have boho decor. Like, no, that's not the only way to be successful. We can each be successful in our own different ways and build clientele that work with how we want to do business. And I think that too, with people, sometimes with branding and marketing and social media, people, they often get into that compete and compare trap. And um, they're looking at people who maybe like just don't even have the same 
you know, foundations as them, the same situations, mm -hmm. the same locations. We have to remember we are local businesses and we don't have to mm -hmm. look to content creators who are appealing to a global market to attract our, yeah. our local neighborhood clients. Yeah. I mean, I don't use the strategy that I teach for local businesses in my business. Okay. Like we have different ones. I work with educators and it's a totally different conversation than when I'm talking to a local stylist who's trying to build a local clientele. So I think that this is one of the things actually contributing to a lot of stress for hairstylists is even the best intentioned educators are sharing information from these big Instagram accounts that are teaching creators how to build giant global audiences and go viral when that has zero value for a hairstylist who is wanting to build a local clientele. So I think getting clear on like, you know, what your goal is with Instagram is really, really crucial in stopping that comparison trap. Because why do you want your reel to get seen by a million people? If your goal <laughs> is to create a local clientele, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't correlate. So I feel like a really great way to reduce your stress when it comes to marketing and make it fun again and make it effective is lead with your goal. And if something gets you closer to where you want to be, then do that thing. If it doesn't, like stop wasting your time stressing about it. Yeah. The other thing is we're very lucky in our industry, in our, in our daily work, we have a ton of content available to us. Yes. Like, so, I mean, if you just pick a few things that you can focus on and then of course, ask your clientele what mm -hmm. they want to see on your Instagram feed or mm -hmm. wherever you're posting, doesn't matter if you're TikTok or if you're Facebook or wherever, yeah. it doesn't really matter. But yeah, what do your clients want to see? What questions do they have? What problems can you solve for them? How do you position mm -hmm. yourself as the go-to expert in your neighborhood for them to come and solve that out? And if there is, like maybe your clientele isn't what you want it to be. Maybe you don't have enough of them or they're not, like maybe you want to shift into something like extensions or more like balayage or yeah, absolutely. whatever. Then what can people do to start posting in the right way to, to attract a different clientele maybe or more clientele? <clears throat> So you know that phrase, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. That is exactly how I think you should look at Instagram marketing and social media marketing in general. So if you are wanting to shift into, you know, say doing exclusively curls or um, extensions or, you know, and this doesn't mean that all of your clients currently have to be getting that, but if that's what you want to attract more of and that's what you love and you're looking to niche, then showcase that work. That's one of the most simple but important things I can tell you is like showcase that work. Do not showcase services that you don't want to do on your Instagram page. And this happens a lot, I think, when people are first wanting to get into a different niche because they're like, well, I don't have enough clients like with this service, right? So let's head off that question before it gets asked because it will. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a couple things you can do. One, take tons of different angles. Take some short form video content of your clients. Like get a lot of content from the clients that are getting the services you want. And then, you know, if you're really serious, like if you're learning a new skill, you probably did some models, right? Yeah. Get content from your models. Those are the best people to get content from because if they're paying less or not paying for a service, like it's okay to kind of take that extra time to get content. And then it doesn't also just have to be hair photos, like educate your clients about 
what they can do to take care of their hair with within X niche that you're wanting to get into. Talk about some tips for people who have hair in X niche you're trying to get into. Like really focus in and get specific and know that at any point you can pivot, right? Like just think about that because I, I think a lot of people are scared to take the plunge. One of my um one of my students, she changed her name from Dana Love's hair to Dana Love's curls because she wanted to go. And she was able to completely transform her clientele within like six months. It was unreal. And yeah. like the salon she bought now is specializing in curls. She has employees. Like it is amazing what you can do if you get specific on your brand. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to specialize, right? But if you get specific on your brand. Yes. Mm-hmm then you can do whatever you want. And I, again, I love this industry for the absolute freedom that it gives us as, as well as the amazing resources that it gives us mm-hmm. there. I mean, there is so much education out there now. There are so many amazing coaches and mentors. Jody, yeah. I've relied on you as my coach and mentor, and I've taken your courses and, uh, and so many others as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, the, the reason there's no end of resources. So really it, it comes back to, if you want to, build a beautiful career in this industry, style a life that you love, be unstoppable and hitting your goals, back it up and start with brand. Start yes. with brand. And really the first two questions I think you need to ask yourself is who are you and who do you want to serve? Yep. <laughs> like those two main things. And like, how can you solve their problems? Like what problems that they got and how can you solve them? And that right there, those few little things gives you so many like almost too much content, right? Yeah. Thinking of what content you could compose, it's it's probably not the right problem. It's actually yeah. the um, <laughs> it's, that's not your problem. You have lots of content. It's yeah. probably like a more mindset issue. I would, you know, hazard to guess that we get Absolutely. stuck and blocked. And actually I saw a funny uh, reel the other day by another social media expert that I follow. I can't remember her name, unfortunately, but she said, you know, I want to remind you that most people are scrolling uh, through their, their feed while they're on the toilet. So just post the damn reel. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> it does. It puts things in perspective, right? Yeah. You know, I tend yes. to scroll late at night. Um, so like I kind of already, always got one eye open, right? So mm-hmm. please don't put your writing too small for me because I can't read it (laughs) I think what some like I think just because of you know the evolution of our industry and there's some really great content creators who are also hairstylists and I think that a lot of stylists when they get into you know marketing particularly on Instagram or wherever they're holding themselves to that same standard and they think that's our feeds are 90% hairdresser, right? Because that's what we look at. That's what we, this, that's how the algorithm works. Yeah. But that's not what our potential clients feeds look like. (laughs) That's not what they're seeing. So like the overthinking and putting so much pressure on each individual piece of content is guaranteed to make you go crazy, like instantly. Right. So think it's more like a patchwork quilt where like It's just a piece of the puzzle and experiment and play and see what works for you, see what you enjoy and what works to get clients in and just take the pressure off. Like, yes, there are frameworks and strategies that will 10X your results and, you know, make things more effective and better. But if you're not doing anything right now, because you're paralyzed by the fear that you have to be perfect in order to show up, like drop that because it is a (laughs) self-fulfilling prophecy. Like you can't 
you can't show up if you're expecting yourself to be perfect before you let yourself show up. Like it will never happen. Yeah. So let's talk about sustainable strategies for people, because I know when we get gung ho and I go through these phases as well, like, you know, where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to post every day. And like, and then, you know, two days go by and you're like, oh, right. And then you say, well, I'll post tomorrow. I have got time today because yeah. you're busy now. Um, what for a hairstylist who's maybe just starting out and wanting to grow their following on social media, grow their clientele behind the chair, because followers is one thing, but I'm never as concerned about follower count as I am about how many butts I have in the seats of my salon, right? And again, yes, you don't absolutely. actually need that many clients. And so you don't actually need that many followers to be busy uh, behind the chair because you, you're hoping to get some repeat clients. Like I hope you're not yeah. only focused on attracting new ones all the time. Yes, that's important, yeah. but you also want to focus on retaining and nurturing the clients yeah. that you have. So for somebody who's just starting out, let's talk about a sustainable posting schedule maybe. Cause I think people get hung up on that as well. Like what, what can I manage and what is a good way to schedule my time? I guess is the best way to put that. Well, as you know, I'm a huge advocate of batching your content because I think that it's a lot easier to get in the headspace and create, even if, even if at first it's like two posts versus one post, right? Even if you can do that and then schedule it out and Instagram actually, so I love later.com. That's my go-to and what I recommend, but Instagram have actually they're rolling out native scheduling, like inside the Instagram app so that you can create a real or a post and schedule it up to 75 days out. So I think that's a really great way to create that sustainable strategy. And, you know, maybe you start with like eight posts a month, right? Like twice a week and you create those eight posts. And then instead of when you have a bit of extra time, instead of being like, okay, I'm just going to post like everything right now, I'd rather have you take that and go another month out, right? So that you've got another month where you don't have to stress. And then if you start to enjoy it, you start to want to add more, you can always add it and you can always like bring things up once you've got more, but sustainability wise, I think to be totally transparent, the less you post, the less eyes you're going to get initially, right? Which is fine. It's more about like showing up and building your brand. But if you can show up two to three times a week initially, I think that is, that's great. I think that's going to be really good. Yeah. And I mean, Instagram as well has lots of different features and lots of different ways to show up. I mean, yes. so if you just go over some of them, you've got your stories, right? Which is, mm -hmm. and let's talk about what stories is for. What, are, what would you put in your Instagram stories, for instance? Okay. So stories to me are about deepening your connection with your existing followers. It is, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's pretty difficult to reach a new audience with stories. Um, so I think I'd say stories, like if you can show up even two to three times a week in your stories, it used to be, make sure your story bubbles active all the time, but then stories really got decreased, right? Like the views really went down. So um, that's a great place for behind the scenes or I love an unboxing. Like if you have, particularly if you're a salon owner who's got some, a team that can help support them, um, get them to like showcase new products coming in, that kind of stuff. Show what's going on behind the scenes of the salon. That's great. Uh, also anything you need to link to, because obviously you have that linkability there. So, um, you know, you, you can link 
appointment openings um, to your booking app, that type of thing. That's all great. You could also do, hey, I'm at this local coffee shop that I love. This is my coffee. I wouldn't put that on your feed anymore, but you can totally have that in your stories. And that's going to help you build community ties and maybe they'll reciprocate and another client there will come to you. Like there's, that's what I would do in stories. So it's less, less curated, more just like behind the scenes day in the life kind of stuff. Yeah. So that was like six ideas right there. Okay. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, just rattling off the top of her head, right. She can come up with six ideas for stories and then there's like a billion more, right? So there's never a need to feel like this pressure, right? So then we've got, so that's stories, right? So that's like nurturing behind the scenes kind of stuff. You can sell from your stories because you can do the links. And then there's reels. So reels is really great for outreach and just showing a bit of your personality, having some fun. Um, Talk about your your approach to reel strategy for anybody who's into I have kind of like a two-pronged approach to reels, um, which is evolving actually, because I think that the need for original content on reels is really increasing because I feel like as a consumer, even like I'm numbing out to just all trends. I, it bores me to tears. And I like, I like a little trending content, but like when you're scrolling your feed and all you're seeing is like 20 different people doing the same trend, to me, that burns me out. So when I come across something that's like original and is like, you know, someone just talking and saying something educational, like for instance, from a hairstylist perspective, like here's three easy ways that you can make your curl, like your curly blow last longer. Or like, are you struggling? Is your hair flat this winter? Like here's my three favorite products. You know, just things where like traditionally maybe you'd put them in like a list style caption or in a carousel you can use that content for reels and I I love that um even sharing just like an insight sharing something that is valuable to your ideal clients it can be really quick and try to think micro with reels because I don't think the appetite for like 90 second reels is, is really there yet unless you've got something extremely captivating to say and then I do also like to mix in a little bit of that trending reel um as well because they're so freaking easy to create they're fun fun, right and we want to keep social media fun like it can't always be a toll toil that we just like have to get through absolutely absolutely right so they're easy and they allow you to show up your personality so if you hear a sound that you like and you're like "Ooh, that's something I gotta I gotta hop on like do it as long as run it through this filter is this valuable for my ideal client yeah if you're trying to build a clientele on Instagram and you're using it as a marketing tool I do not recommend making reels for other stylists from that same account, because then you're going to grow your audience full of people who will never book an appointment with you. Right. Yeah, exactly. So another way that you can use reels that I love, and this is something I talk about inside um, simple sun reels all the time is just use video instead of photo for, for your clients. Right. I would argue it's easier to take a short form five second video than perfectly pose a hair photo using that. And then you can use things like trending reels or templates. You've taken 20 photos of the same client from all different angles and a little bit of the before, during, after kind of processing photos and everything like that. When you pop those into a template, like so easy. (laughs) 
Totally. And you can probably use stuff you've already got. That's the really great thing too, right? So I tell all of my students, like when you have a client in your chair, grab at least a couple short form videos, like, and you don't have to edit anything. But then when you see, like, I always share if I'm scrolling reels and I see a trending audio that I think will work for stylists, I make a reel with it. And I'm like, put this into this sound. And so like, literally you can add a little bit, even one video of one client's hair to a cute audio, throw a little caption on it and you're good to go. It does not have to be hard. We've got regular posts, right? And then like carousels are really good because we are educators for our clients, right? So even if your aspiration is not to be an educator to other hairstylists, we are educating our clients on a daily basis. So I often say, just think about what you talk about in the salon all day. Think about the most frequently asked questions, the biggest problems that your clients have. And one of the easiest Mm -hmm. things to do is to walk over to your retail shelves and go, oh, there's a whole line for people who struggle with their frizz. There's a whole line for people who are struggling with thinning hair whole line of things that people with curls, you know, like whatever, how to keep your color Mm -hmm. vibrant, just walk over to your retail shelves. And even if you're not selling those products, Mm -hmm. those clients are going to ask about those products when they, after they see the the thing. So you can talk about, like, like you mentioned, you know, three easy tips to make your salon blowout last longer or to recreate the salon blowout at home with these hot tools that I just got in. I carry two different retail lines. They are like all natural products and everything like that. So that again is something we can talk about, but there's different lines within the line, right? With all those issues, like problem and solution. I always call my products, they're my liquid tools. I got hot tools and liquid tools. And if you've got a problem, I got a solution in a bottle. And so that makes for, again, for really easy content. And if you're afraid to get on camera, which I still urge you to do because your clients want to see your beautiful face and just do like a carousel or, you know, just do a a panning of the products and voiceover if that's, you know, more comfortable for you. There's so many things you can do. Anytime you make like a reel that is, like we said, tip-based or educational-based, that will also make a great carousel. So do it for both and then just schedule your carousel a month out. And there you go. You batch some content. Like you can reuse the same messages that you, like you said, questions from your clients. The retail trip is brilliant because um, those companies have all done their research and development. What order to apply the products in? Like this is a great one for people who do skincare or even makeup, but even also hair care. Like when do you put the heat protectant on? Do you put it on at the end? Do you put it on first? Do you like, is the mousse, like even conditioner, like if don't be putting the conditioner up here, don't be putting the shampoo down here, right? But like, these are little things that we take for granted, but our clientele don't know. So again, if you can always try to look through the lens of what does my client need from me today? What does my ideal client need to hear from me today? Is it something, I know you talk about teach, connect and fire. Inspire to action, actually. So it's like, what can you do to convert this follower into a client, right? So that's kind of the other, the other piece of it. And yeah, I think to piggyback on what you just said, I feel like as stylists, we want to educate in the way that we want to learn, which is A to Z, right? That's not what our clients want, though. They want micro bite-sized things. If you can give a client who hasn't even come to you yet a quick win, Can you imagine how much more qualified and how elevated you all of a sudden become in their eyes? Like it can be something so simple, like you said. And I think that's something that is really important to focus in on. Keep it micro. Do not like think you need 
a full-on tutorial in every single post because yeah, that would, that would burn you out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But there's so many th quick things. Like I've done quick little videos too, like how to get your, cause I have bangs, right. They're a bit long right now, but yeah. I'm like, how to get your bangs off your face. Like I do that in the salon totally. all day long. I'm like showing people, I can wear my bangs this way. I can wear my bangs this way. I can wear my bangs this way. Like, <laughs> cause I'm always trying to convince everybody to get bangs. Right. But like, you know, that, but that again is something that you can do very quickly to show people yeah. who are struggling with maybe growing out their bangs. Or they like to have bangs sometimes, but other times they work out. Or, you know, that's another yeah. good thing. How to wear your hair when you work out. Yeah. Like, so it doesn't always yeah. have to be, like, there's so many good ideas, right? There's millions. Yeah, there's tons. In we actually added into my program this time. And this was, like, literally did not take us more. I don't know even how long it took us. It wasn't a crazy long time. But there's literally 365 content ideas because... I think sometimes it's just getting that spark of inspiration. So even if you just want to like get out a piece of paper, brain dump a bunch of ideas. One of the things that you can also do is like keep track of the questions that your clients ask you for one week. And that will probably be like months yeah. worth of content. And again, if you just walk to your retail wall, like mm -hmm. I'm telling you. I do that all the time. If I feel like I don't know what to talk about, I just look, go look at the retail. And I'm just like, yeah. what is a solution to a problem that people complain about all the time? Yeah, <laughs> that's a great tip. There it is. And that will help you sell more products as well, mm -hmm. which I think is always a good thing. Because again, it's wonderful to have like tons of followers on social media, mm -hmm. but like, and I did a reel about this, right? That I'm, I'm not as concerned about my followers as how many people are coming to me, buying from me, coming back over yeah. and over and over again, telling people about me, referring me, like, you know, all the things, buying gift certificates for other people. Like we have so many, again, so many different ways to sell within our businesses, right? Because we've got our services, we have our yeah. retail, we have so many little upsells that we can do. And oh, then 100%. we have, and we have gift certificates as well. And like gift packages at Christmas, like holiday is yeah. uh, such a big thing, Black Friday. And it, you know, you don't have to even offer that many discounts to really sell people on stuff. So to go back to the followers thing, like I had a extremely successful independent stylist business full of clients I loved before I ever hit a thousand followers on Instagram. Yeah. So it's not about the amount of people. It's about who those people are and are they booking an appointment? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing Instagram provides. You can book right through Instagram to your booking software. Like, so, I mean, I really do think, cause you know, there's all these ideas too, that Instagram is changing so much, trying to compete with TikTok, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Now YouTube shorts is big, you know, there's, yeah. there's all this stuff, but I would argue to say that Instagram is still one of the most robust platforms. Yeah. One of the most fun, one of the easiest ones to learn. Yeah you can double down and focus on it and be very successful. Just one platform. Don't stress yourself out by trying to get on all of them. It's, it's not necessary. Yeah, no, I, I don't think as far as I'm concerned, I feel like Instagram is definitely still the one that I recommend for stylists. I don't know that the local, I mean, and this could change, but I feel like the local reach, Facebook reach has just declined so much. Like Facebook groups are great, but your page is not going to be, generally a massive source of traffic unless you built it like way back in the day but even then my posts on Facebook literally reached six people and I have like you know yeah. quite a few people following that page so I don't like I think that Instagram is definitely still 
maybe it's not as great as it was five years ago in the heyday as far as ease of reaching people, but like, you don't need a thousand clients in your chair. Let's be honest. Like, so I always hear people say like, oh, this reel only reached 400 people, but that's 400 more people than you would have reached if you didn't post anything at all because you're chasing vanity metrics from five years ago, you know, yeah. like, yeah, I would stress me out if 400 people most. flooded into my salon. Yes. Just think about that people like, yeah. And really like I, I had to deal with that actually when we had so many lockdowns and I was having to like rebook and cancel so many of them. Like mm-hmm. I need to get less clientele. <laughs> like, <honestly. laughs> because you know, I am one of those people who I, I, I'm still old school. I can work, I work fast. I double book. I like, I do put in long hours. I'm, I'm actually like, probably not what you, a new stylist would want to do with their lives, but I love my life and I love my business. Um, but, um, you know, really like having too many clients is mm-hmm. not always a great thing either. Right. You, Mm-mm. it's really about getting the ones that you are so happy to serve, right? That's yeah. that's the thing, right? And if you find that you've got clients that are a bit draining to you and and it may not be that there's something wrong with that client, it, it may be the the service that they want. So maybe yeah. maybe um you know, men's haircuts or kids haircuts stress you out. Well, don't do those anymore, right? We yeah, have that was me. Power. I dropped We have the power to not do that. But if you like doing little kids every once in a while, then go ahead and do little kids, right? So like, I just think that's, that's, uh, you know, it's up to you. And I think that's a really freeing feeling to be able to curate our businesses and our lives the way we want, not the way we see everybody else doing it on Instagram. And that's the most important thing, right? It's like, I talk about like the two things you need to focus on as a brand and marketing strategy are align and attract, aligning who you want to create or who you want to attract your brand, the vibe, the experience, and then just attracting those people. And again, it's not about the most people. It's about the right people for the business that you want to build. Yeah. And like, how cool is that? Right? How cool is that? How fun? So if you are intimidated by branding, if you are stressed out about social media, check out everything Jody has to offer. She's got an amazing Instagram page. I still every day check in there, get so much value from it. I've taken her courses. I have hired Jody as a one-on-one mentor when I was getting stuck in my business, you know, even after building multiple brands and for multiple businesses, I know when I need an expert to come in and just help me get through those, those moments where I feel a bit stuck. For branding and for social media, you have been such an amazing resource for me and you provide so much value, totally over delivering for your students and for your audience at large. Thank you for your kindness. Like that just warms my soul because yeah, like I really just, what I love is like creating that safe space in our industry for people who want to learn how to market and, you know, take themselves to the next level without all that pressure and, you know, stress. So that just warms my heart turn. Thank you so much for having me. This has oh, been you're, amazing. You're welcome. We're both Canadian, but I did not bump into you yeah. in the street. I found you on social media, <laughs> right? Exactly. And, uh, yeah, so, and, and I really feel like, you know, we've been able to develop this connection and, um, and, and, and nurture this relationship through the DMs. Like, that's what's cool about social media. And I think if people really remember that was what it was intended for, 
And to take the stress off, it's just not about building your business. No, it's about fostering relationships with really cool people and um, connecting with them. And I think that makes, it makes it fun. It makes it less stressful. You really start to figure out why you're doing it and how great it can be. So thank you for joining us on the Unstoppable Stylist podcast. Uh, You have helped me become more unstoppable. I see you as totally the epitome of an unstoppable stylist. You've (laughs) built an amazing business and you have a life that you've loved. You've styled a life you love. You know, I know you have a little guy and you've curated your business around your life. And I I think that's really important example for everyone out there. It is possible to build a profitable business and style a life that you love at the exact same time. So thank you, Jody. Please tell us where we can find you connect with you get your resources join your courses hire you all the all the things thank you so much Sharon. again for your kind words and i just love what you're doing i love that we have connected and been able to form this friendship and i'm just so so happy to be here sharing with your audience and seeing everything you're creating so if you want to connect with me further check out my podcast you're obviously a podcast listener because you're here so check out the hairstylist rising podcast tons of education and interviews with some other industry experts as well and then instagram is where you can find me i hang out there probably a little too much (laughs) there's tons of helpful content there and that's at it's jody brown and then if you head to jodybrown.ca you'll find some free resources as well as information on how to work with me closer that's amazing. Thank you so much, Jody, for everything you do for this industry and uh, everything you do to get people over the hurdles of branding and social media marketing, because <laughs> they're not really hurdles. They're actually lots of fun, guys. So just Absolutely. you know, embrace it. Embrace the change that's coming and uh, enjoy, enjoy the ride. Again, thank you for tuning into the Unstoppable Stylist podcast. We drop a new episode every Tuesday. We feature solo episodes with lots of educational tips and techniques for building your business and styling a life you love, as well as bringing on other incredible unstoppable stylists to inspire you. Thanks again, and go make the world a more beautiful place. Check out theunstoppablestylist.com for even more help to grow your beauty business and style a life you love. 